0: What's up? Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Black Nerd Fridays. I'm your host, Ren, aka Blackbeard Nerd, aka Mr. Refine, and I got my co-host with me, D Neil, aka Podcast King, aka Beard I'm gonna get it at,
1: at the, the bottle. bottle with the whoopee yeah,
0: whoop. I, I got a bottle too. So <laughs> You already know what we're talking about today. We talking about the final season, the series finale. Listen, of M Donna by Netflix. The joint was crazy. We're gonna get into that. But before we do, I see what you're drinking. Let me see. Oh, yeah, again.
1: yeah. Let me uh I got I throw up on there, but yeah, you hit me up on the single right there. You know, we've been we we forget to hit the uh the single panel uh video. But yeah, I'm drinking this uh uh Barasca. Uh, you know, shout out to social media manager this is her favorite drink let letting me, letting me get her bottle and not really let me I say, like I need your bottle uh, and this is a cava a brute you know what I mean so I'm going to be popping bottles because I didn't get no beer so shout out shout out to that and I got my so, I also got my co-host who's in the corner who need, who needs me to pick her up in a second so we're going to get this moving man and Dada I mean not in Dada but Dada Dragon's Blood but it's just got that end symbol
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure so I'm, I'm keeping a f- Special today, so you see when I dared earlier. This yeah. is this is my my homemade, you know what I mean? Traditional me 12 and a half percent. Let me move out the way. Y'all can see that clarity. It's three months old, so it is clear, but it got stirred up yesterday. But, anyways, we're gonna get into this joint. This joint good as hell, we're gonna get right into what we're talking about today. Got right. it, Dragon's Blood, crazy series. So typical.
1: What's your good, bad, and the ugly man? Ugly come on, model. man. You already know Sunbeam. Come on, man. You already know my, my uh, the, the gravity, the gravity dragon, who's I don't even remember his name, but the uh, the visor he came in got, a, got us a good uh, got us a good a cameo. Uh, but overall, I definitely want to say starting off, they definitely hit with the action more on this one. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was better in that sense cheers i'm going to pour up in a second it was be, it was better in, that, in the in the sense of the uh, season 2 i think season 2 let every, let let us down a little bit mm-hmm. um the world building with <clears throat> season 2 was like oh uh, okay <laughs> like it was it was dry like i'm just you know just giving yeah. it a hundred uh, so, uh, but as as far as the action bar none uh, as far as the in depth so you got a better understanding of uh the revoker the revoker Whose name I front we finally got. You know, I just thought he was a shopkeeper. Invoker, invoker. Oh, invoker thank you. The invoker. <laughs> uh, I said revoker. The invoker. The, the, I thought he was a shopkeeper but he's a part of this. Pretty much he's um, even though he's an elf, he's just from a long line of um of, of uh, merchants and magic dealers, all that stuff. But the bad, I'm gonna say the bad it was kind of like just this whole um this whole aspect of uh just a restarting the world and having to go through and really try to get people it's like you know stuff that they don't know but but the but the them before they met you is still there so it's like you meet them before they've grown and all the experiences that they went through to be the person that you know now and then you're kind of like frustrated at them but you're looking at the the, you're looking at them as the them you know versus the them they were before you and so that was like the bad just because i was like come on like you and, and it's hard with the emotion. And we'll talk more about that as we get into the into the, the review of the episode. So I, I understand why they did it that way. But after a while, I was like, come on, man, let's keep it moving. Like, they don't know. They, they're not who you think they are, even though they look exactly like them. And then my ugly, the third thing, man, just was like the, the way the invoker in the relationship with his daughter, Philomena. Uh, like that, the ugly with that was just because as a father, I completely understood where he was coming from. But the number of times and I won't you know, do my best not to spoil it, but the number of times and he and knowing what he could not do, even though he's done it so many times, but then still treat Philomena that way as if like, oh, well, as long as as long as you are here, it's OK. And and Philomena's like, nah, because look at you, you you change. You're not even the you're not even the father that I knew. Uh, or that you know yourself, and you lost track. You lost. You lost count. So it was that was my that was my ugly. Just that relationship and how it how it was that he pretty much just became isol- uh, Became an isolationist. You know what I mean? And we understand now we understand why his demeanor was like that. So it was good in that sense. But the ugly was just like your daughter is talking to you, telling you what she wants, and you're just like, "No, nah, I know better." And you're like, "Yeah, you know better," but you really don't because you you've done it so many times to the point where you're like, "Oh, that's just a part of it." It is what it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very well said, man. Um, my good I would say would be straight up just the overall the uh, animation. They stepped it up big time with the storyline coming together here. They also stepped it up with the um with the uh a- the animation as far as the actual choreography, the fight scenes, as well as the the background stuff looked very realistic. Um the music was was crazy, crazy, crazy. The music was real good. Um and I just enjoyed the whole thing. I, I believe it might have been one or two parts where I was like, uh, eh, it's kind of whatever. But for the most part, I enjoyed every single minute of that of this uh finale. Um, my bad is very brief and short, but I'll say my son was watching it with me yesterday and he called something out. He said <laughs> And I'm gonna just put this in the title when this goes up. Spoiler alert, pretty much to the whole thing. Yeah, go ahead and put the said, spoiler alert up there. <laughs> he said, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, what the heck is his name? Starts with a D,
1: D- Davion. The yeah, main napkin. character, that yeah,
0: in that, that dragon form, not the red one, the one when he was fusing all of them, yeah, the silver joint. It looked like an upgraded freezer, and I was dying laughing. I uh, up. Upgrade a cooler and freezer mix, I yeah, see it, without, without the much, dome shape. <laughs> that was that was it for me, yo. So I was dying laughing at that. So I said that was a good catch. Um, my ugly would be kind of that repetition of the world's just constantly going through the same thing, trying to find something, but on the same token, it reminded me of. Avengers um, Endgame. They had to do the same sort of thing just to get back yeah. to put everything back in place to where it needed to be. So I didn't like that. I really didn't. I felt like they focused on that a lot, but it opened up some things and caused them to realize what they needed to do to become, you know, who they were and who they are. So yeah. we're going to move on to the next one. And I'm going to start with yours and what you said pretty much.
1: Oh, man. Um, yeah. How do you I
0: feel about Terrorblade being front man i mean i was like
1: i was like finally um terror blade is there and i was like that's what's up uh but honestly i thought terror blade was gonna be more uh it it was like this build up to this (laughs) uh to this person that literally i mean this this demon that literally you thought was like man he's infiltrating people's minds all this stuff so you thought it was about to be crazy and reality was it just ended after two episodes but not only that like he was still present but he was present because he was it was like I didn't know if he was still like alive or dead in that regards after episode uh two and then mm-hmm. uh, but I just love that conversation he had with Philomena that mm-hmm. was fire when uh when Philomena was uh, attempting to figure everything out but yeah man like I just wanted terrible I wanted terrible it seemed terrible had it all together but at the end of the day, we thought the the intelligence that he had that he really was getting over the, on the Invoker and the Invoker just wasn't really about that life. And come to find out, like the way that Terrorblade went went away, I was just like, really, that's it? <laughs> like that's that's what we're doing? You know what I mean? I just didn't like him. I want a Terrorblade. I want. I loved his voice. Uh, uh, as you got to see him and what he did, it was more on a mental game, and that was really good because. It really wasn't that people were necessarily agreeing with Terrorblade. Blade. It was just that he was reaching into certain subconscious things of their uh, their insecurities or inadequacies and pulling those out to the fore- forefront and taking them. Just kind of like how uh, with Stranger Things uh, going on with Stranger Things. So yeah. So I just I just wanted I wanted more of Terrorblade Blade because I thought Terrorblade was the big bad that everybody was like attempting to do. And, and plus, because like uh, Sly Rack, like I mean, come on, man, I just tripped me out. Sly Rack did all that go into the world that terror blade in and gets and gets snuffed like <laughs> with, with ease i was just like all right well i guess this is i guess i guess Terrible is that dude that dude and then i was like no nah, he ain't that dude <laughs> he ain't that dude so that's, all that's I got. a
0: very good point man it's funny that you said it because for me i didn't think that it was a short-lived run when he when he was introduced but i will say that he didn't hold up to my expectations as far as the way that you expected in that power like it was very quick and brief but he didn't display anything to me really like if Davian beat you relatively easy even though he had the help of the crew what what else can you do because through the past two seasons before he was like the the one pretty much manipulating and moving stuff behind the scenes but in reality you ain't as powerful or tough as you look you know and, ain't I mean? the
1: dude, ain't, and you ain't even the, the main an, uh, antagonist, though. Mm-hmm. You ain't even the main antagonist. I thought but you was, was. You know what I mean? it's
0: funny because that's what I was expecting. I definitely expected him to be that person that they was going to be all focused on. And that wasn't the case. We find out later on who the real antagonist is. But, you know what I'm saying? Just watching that that development with him, but also watching him get his butt kicked fairly quickly was crazy Um, considering, again, Davion. Davion had just learned this newfound power um, given to him by getting what was it, three or four? No, no, no. I believe it was five of the souls. Five oh, of the dragon six. souls. Six, six of them. them? Okay. Yeah. So getting all six of them together and you wiped him out. I'm gonna say easy, which cost you your your life as well. But still, you weren't as tough as we expected. But I did like to see him more. I wish they would have actually gave a little bit of backstory on him, based upon how powerful he was. Why did he control what he controlled and, and so on? So, yeah, I thought it was dope, though. Just overall, I thought it was very good. Very good decision. OK, so here's what I want to go with. The first episode had a lot going on. But what stood out to you specifically?
1: Like I said, man, uh, Terrorblade. Um, Terrorblade was the first two episodes. Uh, what Terrorblade was doing. And then the crazy thing was Terrorblade, Terrorblade already had three uh, Dragon Souls uh, already. Which was kind of crazy, or two or three already. So mm-hmm. I was just like, man, it was just, it was good as far as the fight. Season. Yes. Okay, we'll go down and rolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll just relax then. But yeah, but uh, yeah. Terrorblade. I mean, uh, we said episode one, right? Not just yeah, episode one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode one was just uh, it was just, it was good, man, all the way around. Uh, again, Terrorblade was building up as he usually do, playing with people's mind when they in desperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was what we thought was going to happen. Uh, and then with Slyrak, like I, I'm gonna just be honest with you, man. I don't know if that's a question later on, but these dragons—hold on a second. These dragons are like they they are they concept. Wait a second. Their concept of life. Yes, Noah. Okay, Daddy's on the show, so you got coho. Coho's doing what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, co-ho's, do, coho's doing what she's doing. But um, the dragons, their mind, their uh, I, their aspect of life is like it's just re—it's like chaos and rebirth. Like that's just what it is: destruction and rebirth. So. You really you think they're the, these very powerful beings, but because they're so big, they have a lot of weak weak points. And then when they die, to them it's nothing because they they come back in some shape or form later on. And um, it just was it was just to see that you think that you know we already seen uh, Sly Rack get washed a couple of times anyway, mm-hmm. but when he came with his full power to Terra like going to Terra uh, prison that he was in prison in, which again they didn't I forgot if they even talked about that. I was just like, oh, okay, that's all right. But, yeah, first episode, I, I give it, like, when I say when, the beginning of the action, yep, and then just the continuation of the storyline, cool. Didn't really care too much about Davion saying, oh, I feel sl- Slyrax, something's wrong, and we'll talk about that later on. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is, and then sunbeam, you know, not not doing the sunbeam. Oh, I thing. know that was your thing. Yeah, you know, that was my thing, man. You know, that was my thing. But episode one was all right. I'd give probably give it, like, if we do an out of five, probably, like, a three out of five.
0: yeah. So here's what I what stood out to me. Number one, you see again, we going back to Terra Blade. Terra Blade started off pretty much possessing um the 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 one girl. Um can't think of her name, but anyways, he possessed her from the jump and she ended up going over and taking over uh and having her own little coup or army, I should say. That stood out to me. Yeah. Number two, um, I had the notes here, I can't forget this one. Okay, Fimmering replaced philomena's mom i don't remember her name but obviously the she was the moon goddess Femurin replaced her just like that that to me was pretty dope considering we knew femurin was powerful and this is why she was still those little flowers from her um back then when she was you know still an elf but i didn't know the 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 length or the depths of her power i didn't understand how great she would be and that was displayed pretty much right from the jump and it's funny because she literally took out the moon goddess fast. Like it was pretty much not much of a battle. And when, when it happened to her, she's looking as if, Oh my God, I can't believe this is going on. Am I really dying right now? Yeah, you're dying pretty much. Yes. Uh, someone is replacing you and you just got to deal with it. So I thought that was dope. I thought they started off right. And it kind of was something that was going to lead you toward to how the rest of the season or the rest of the series would go based upon those first interactions. and, Ephemeran was, to me, kind of like an anchor for every character on there, but specifically more for um, Empress Marana. So I thought it was dope, man. And that's what stood out to me the most in that first episode. All right. So next joint. Episode two. Were they really in hell? Excuse me. And if so, why?
1: Uh, Nah, I mean, yeah. i don't know man i can't. I can't really say it was necessarily hell um, it was more so again, we got spoilers all day on this one it, it literally was it yeah, it literally was you the world was destroyed your your universe was destroyed, it was recreated and but the recreation that was going on um the invoker couldn't stop the um he couldn't stop the primal power uh pretty much this whole thing of destruction and recreation that was it was just an entity it was this red and purplish black thing that it was like no you can't stop that like that was a part of what even the dragons was uh Slyrak kept saying it was like no it's we your concept of life and death because you think you just live this life is is um this is all you have for us has been a millennia we've been doing this day in day out like the over the overall powers that be have done this, so it wasn't necessarily hell, it was just hell to them because again, they were like all of a sudden seem, things seem peaceful, and then their world just starts changing because monsters, quote unquote, coming out because of the moon breaking apart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was funny. Um, I say they were, and the reason why I say they were is mentally, and it's just like us as you know, as humans, pretty much, it's a cartoon, but I say there's some reality to it your mind is whatever your state's going to be so if you believe you sick you know what i'm saying then we sick if you believe um you're going to be wealthy then eventually that will come to fruition your mind controls everything and manifests your reality so my in my thought process i feel like they were there it displayed their weaknesses their biggest fears and something i I think i'm actually i'm gonna add this in hold on before i lose my thought they displayed their biggest fears as well as showing what they were scared. Yep.
1: of. I'm tripping. You know I'm, I'm tripping. I was thinking episode three. My bad, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when oh, I was cool. like, wait a minute, what am I talking about? Man, scratch that, and no, I don't scratch it. Go ahead, let you finish, and I'll come back because I was like, no, that's, that's that. pretty
0: much it. I think that they were really there because mentally it was there. And only person or thing that brought them out of that hell was who I just spoke on earlier, Femur, who was now the new Moon Goddess, which right, is right. also all their anchor. So that to me was pretty was pretty dope and. Can't remember who actually put him in that hell. Oh, that no, was terrible. It was, uh, it was terrible. Yeah, as as yeah. My bad. On episode around.
1: two, I'm looking at my notes right now. Again, gotta always bring that trusty yeah. Dusty notebook. Shout out trusty to Suss. uh notebook. But yeah, uh, Blade definitely put them in a position where again, all Blades definitely was strong as a demon. But his strength, no matter how strong he was, the real power he had was the manipulation of people's minds. Because as you're saying that in uh, in hell aspect, it was just pretty much dealing with your your fears. And a lot of them, it wasn't some of them wasn't even fears. A lot of them were the desires that they wanted. And the desire was like, I want to live this life. But because they didn't choose that life, and they constantly don't choose that life, like um, not not Davion, uh, uh, what's the dude's name? Um uh, Ram or Caden? Caden, thank you. Caden, like Caden showed a clear example of like the life he could have had. Uh, but he chose the he chose the other one to chase dragons from his his uh being mad at Slyrak for killing all them dudes who tried to kill Slyrak. So that didn't really that didn't really make sense. So, yeah, definitely, definitely the, the hell of their insecurities, but not necessarily like the hell they face in episodes three and beyond. Hmm.
0: Facts, okay. The betrayal by the Invoker caused a new reality. How did that affect everyone?
1: Hold on. Can you hide that and put them all on uh, on that uh, ticker thing? So the ticker John, hold on, let yeah, me yeah. it Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, you got just he, hit the ticker it. button because I was missing Ooh. all those joints. Yeah, yeah. And put it all back in. Right, yeah. yeah. put it up. All yeah, right. it's back. One more time now, because you know I'm missing with my code. So the betrayal
0: by the invoker. Oh man, but reality. it was
1: already there. Like they didn't trust him in the, they didn't trust him from the jump. And he he was very straight to the point. The thing about it as we get later on, or as we mentioned in the good, bad and the ugly, the evoker has already done this multiple multiple times. Wow. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of times. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was it was it was it was par for the course and Uh, They already knew that something was going to happen. They just didn't know what until he told them last minute, (laughs) you know, when he was doing it. So, you know, shout out to the betrayal.
0: Yeah, he definitely betrayed them big time. To me, I think that um, that is what the spark of the show was. That was the main thread, in my opinion, that him taking all the Dragon Souls now, him moving forward, doing he was doing specifically with creating all these worlds, and now the reality that he was living in was the one where obviously Philomena was alive. Philomena being alive was his only focus. And to watch that that you know development and growth growth in there was very interesting because once that happened that meant that as you said, as we talked about before, everybody had to go through things to get back to their their main state, their original reality. And the person who was pursuing that and pushing at the hardest was Empress Morana she was in this sense sunbeam sunbeam all day sunbeam all day it was all up to her to get everything going and i thought that this him betraying them was interesting because it made them realize what was important so it did affect everybody but also in a a good and bad way in my in my thought process more so good than anything
1: yeah Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll let you go to the next one because I'll hold off towards the end because there's a lot of deeper things we can go through. we go to the next one, my bad. All
0: right, so let's discuss this dilemma that Philomena was in trying to find her reality.
1: Man, let's talk about it. So, you know, Philomena, the uh, the Evoker, and again, the Evoker's been through this so many times, thousands of times, and I wrote down the numbers specifically. Uh, I'll 12,000-something. 12, 12,403, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> 12,403, spoiler alert, times that he has destroyed the world and brought it back to see Philomena. And every time, Philomena has died. But the interesting thing with this Philomena is that for some reason, I guess the Invoker had a better grasp on her because it seemed like she from what we see of philomena in episode three and four it's like okay well she's this intelligent this adapt to magic and everything of that nature where she at on the rest of the time why why wasn't she there in the uh, storyline leading up to him uh, recreating the earth when she i mean recreating the planet or world excuse me without even seeing a glimpse of her, all we know is that she died, you know? And the same thing with Salamini, Salamini was like, well, she's dead. Our daughter is dead. And that's all that was being written. So maybe he even the invoker even put that in their minds of like, oh, she's all dead, but she could have just been dying slowly uh, from what she was dealing with. But I think uh, she's very intelligent, just like her father, but has a lot of um, this. Do you love me like her mother, but not in a, uh, not in a tainted way. I think, I believe her mother Salamini, was tainted with her daughter dying and really dealing with the invoker and his, I have to get my daughter back at all time, to- at all costs. Uh, sun-beam with, status. Yeah. Some status, which I, again, you know, I like that, man. That's why I said evoker kick, you know, he killed it. Um, but the thing is what the evoker just failed to realize is he literally destroyed everything and everyone around him multiple times to the point where it wasn't really even really about his daughter anymore. It was just about him controlling and Philomena with doing this search with her father it was, it was a great thing because if you're a, you know, you're a dad girl, like we are, you understand that you, I mean, we have a, we have a daughter and I, I thought it used to be a, a you know, like all dudes just saying that, but when you have a girl, man, it's like, it's a totally different <laughs> feeling. Nice. So to just, just see her journey as far as like, I'm not, I'm not your little girl, but not only that, um, you know, and I will talk about this later, but like what you think you're saving, stop right now, please don't do that with your hand, what you think you're saving or you're attempting to do, it's like, it's not even working. And you know, I know, you know that <laughs> uh, I didn't want to tell you, but I had a feeling that you knew and then I tell you and you're like, you know, and then you just did that. And you keep saying it's for you, it's for you, it's for you. But the more and more I keep doing it, it's just, you know, it's she just had a realization that it's for him. And she was like, I'm just not going to allow. It. And she literally, I think what every child does and do, good, bad, or indifferent, depending on what the circumstances is, is, is telling your parent, like, no, I'm just not going to get along to go along with, who you are, what you've done in that regards, if it affects not just me, but the the people around me, the environment around me. No, I'm not going to do that. And I think that, you know, that was her journey was great, man. Her journey was great. Philomena to me, character wise, Miranda. Yeah. Miranda, Davion, all them. That wasn't the best conversation that had in season. I mean, the final season was with Philomena and the invoker, like Mm -hmm. those conversations bar none alone killing the killing the game and a lot of better conversation in this series than you get in a lot of shows hands down. So her journey period is like it it, is easy to tell what's going on with her as you start to see the signs going episode by episode. But just her conversations with what it's like you're having a conversation with someone that has 12,403 times in millennia versus your two or something. I don't know. It just was a great journey for her. And I'm glad With the sneak peek at the end, uh, you know, we might spoil that later after we get through this question, but I definitely love what Philomena was doing.
0: So, what I'll say about that is imagine being dead. You don't know you're dead.
1: Come on, bro. Talk about it.
0: You're trying to figure out why you're doing the things you're doing. So, in this world for her, she was, she had all the, the knowledge she had, she had the magic ability, she had the power that she had but she had to figure out why it is that the things in her world was happening. And yeah. in order to find that she had to find out what happened to her father and why he was sick. Because remember he got sick. I didn't get sick.
1: No, he got sick. He got in a fight with uh, the warden, which again, we can talk about that later. Cause that right. tripped me out too. But so like,
0: She's trying to figure out what she can do to possibly save him or make him better, all that sort of stuff. And in the process of going through that, she finds finds out what really happened to her, which is obviously her dying based upon that, that sickness that was incurable. That's right. alert! As you said, <laughs> well, we are we already know it's incurable. That's why she died. You know, season one, we knew about that. But that was the father's son being main focus Man. to try to find a cure to get At her first. back. At yeah, first, yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. At first, it was. probably after time number
1: so, four hundred, he was just like he probably just became so, like you said, experimental. Everything was an experiment. Yeah, you know? Straight up
0: experiment just to see what he can do. But Man. watching her go through these different stories, this background and find out, oh, wow, so I'm in Femurin's eyes. I'm in her body. Even though I'm still myself, I'm trying to find out what happened to me. And she's living in the real reality to see, oh, I'm dead? This is yeah. what's going on? Yeah, this is what's going on. And now these are the things you might have to do to fix the world and bring everything back to how it should be. But in the process of that, she also finds out her father's focus on what he's focusing on and why the world is the way it is today. And to me, that was the craziest part about it all because I personally, I expected her to say, all right, uh, this is what's going on. And I'm gonna just move forward with it. No, she found out she was dead. She needed to get everything right because if she didn't, it would have made a, a bigger issue, especially as you just mentioned, she has a lot of her mother's grounding. She's not her father's daughter, but she is her father's daughter. So, mm, talk daughter about was interesting, man! Extremely that's, interesting.
1: It was fact, man. I love, I love that dynamic. But again, bias because we got, we got daughters, so you know that. Yep, it
0: that that's a fact. <laughs> All right, so here's a, a, another one related to that. Philomena was powerful, and do you believe she was powerful enough to surpass her father?
1: I, I think uh, no, just because of the amount of time that he had. Um, her intelligence was bar none. She discovered some things with, with using the, um, I forgot what it was called. It starts with the
0: arconesis or something like the, that. Yeah, the, the
1: tower thing or something like that. Yeah. I, wrote, I wrote it down, but I'll look for it in a second. But yeah, she discovered that. So I think her intelligence wise because she had the empathy and I think that this is something um, that's played on well. I think if people watch Sailor Moon, this whole um, Sailor Moon tuxedo mask type of thing with the, with the uh, sun and the moon Uh, Even though, you know, uh, he tuxedo mask is not considered the son. Um, It was it it was in that regards. But then also with Philomena, just this relationship as far as daddy, I don't understand why you won't open up to me. And he's constantly hiding things. And then she he knows she can figure it out because, like you said, you still are your father's (laughs) uh, daughter. Uh, it, it it just was it was it was crazy, but because he has so much experience, man, and it really wasn't even just the experience; it was the ruthlessness, and that's what I liked about you know you know me, man. You know when it came to the invoke, <laughs> inv- yep, exactly. Oh, that you. that man had his blinders on, and he literally had no emotion. So I think she, to answer the question, so I don't go too long, is I, I believe with his help and over time, yes, she could definitely do it. But because of the ruthlessness that he had his steadfastness to get the, what it is that he wanted. I don't think that she was able to surpass it because the, because she definitely did have empathy for people and was like, I want to work together with people instead of seeing people as nothing but a pawn on the chessboard that I can move around.
0: I actually believe that she would have surpassed him eventually. Given some more time, given some more experience, um, I think she would have passed him. Even if she didn't go through all those years, because he lived a thousand years from when it, it was said, based upon the battle between him and Terabright. But if she would have lived, maybe I don't know, some months longer or something. I personally believe she would have surpassed him, based upon her empathy, based upon that grounding that she had from her mother, and that general that just that general sense of um, uh, and and to what i'm looking for um knowledge that general knowledge that she was searching searching for at all times even as a child the things that she looked for and the things that she was curious about i personally believe that she would have surpassed them because her her mind and her vision would have been a much wider range as opposed to having tunnel vision trying to keep focus on whatever it is you're doing she showed that and displayed the power by trying to create worlds on her own as well,
1: just like oh that. man, we didn't and, talk about that. Yeah, you talk about Christ, that for a minute. Yeah. yeah, let's not let's not go off of that. Um, but but remember what I don't, I don't know your eraser is no right here. I, I um remember mm-hmm. the conversation again. I go back to these conversations. So when, you, when uh, for the uh, for the community, definitely watch this show for the conver- um, Watch the season finale for the conversations between father and daughter. Thanks. Because even when she was attempting to create those worlds uh, and, and she wanted to do it without killing anybody. Her father just sat there. and was like, Oh, I, I did that already. And that's where, like I said, I go back to this thing about empathy and, and the, the emotions that her father had were still there, but because he was so numb as we all get, if we want to talk about the today's world, especially with black folks being killed by the police, being killed by our, uh, each other, like we're so numb to it that it's just become a part of the day. And her father in that conversation saying that, okay, yeah, you're using the instrument, which I was still trying to find the name of, which I will, uh, before the show is over. But he was like, you have to be able, once you recreate a world, you have to be able to destroy all the other ones. Back to what the dragons were saying with the primal power. Like, I mean, it's just a destruction and rebirth. That's just what it is. You have to be okay, like, because once you do this, you're going to wipe out a whole universe, a whole timeline of people. And she was just like, couldn't, couldn't do it. But her power, to your point, that would made her more powerful than her father in regards because of the emotion she had, she was, she was looking to find a different way. And I think that's really what, you, I mean, and I don't want to speak for you, but I feel that's what you were getting at when you said that she was more powerful because she was looking for a different way. Yes. One plus one equals two, but in this space, does one plus one equal two or how do you get <laughs> one plus one to equal two instead of just the common knowledge? How do you look at it differently? So yeah. Again, Philomena, shout out to her and her intelligence.
0: Yeah. You pretty much said everything I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about this guy right here. The Oracle saying restoration requires destruction.
1: Bro, bro can we talk about the? is the Oracle and the Warden and Terrorblade all the same people? Because that's I what know. I thought. Come, come on. Bro, that's I was so question. confused. I was like, wait a minute, you got two Wardens? Where, where the hell did this Warden come from? First and yeah. foremost. And it's like, is the warden keeping the primor, uh, primal power encased in the moon, but then the moon's still being destroyed? That's the first thing. And then the Oracle looked dead on Terra but just in a goddamn uh, stereotypical uh, gypsy-looking way. With, uh, but I was just like, I was like, what? And then as the Oracle talked, I was like, oh, this is definitely Terra This is definitely Terra Blade. It's going down. Uh, and it wasn't, but the Oracle, I, I think these bits and pieces – of these characters that were, uh, introduced such as the Oracle, it was just like, Oh, that's what it is. And the Oracle, the Oracle didn't lie. And that's what I liked about the Oracle's, uh, character, even though it was very short lived a, you had to get to the Oracle and only you were invited, <laughs> yep. you know, it, and, and everybody was afraid of the Oracle. And I don't know because the Oracle was power it could kill everybody or just because the truth, the Oracle was able to see, And your future reading like any if you watch, I mean, any x Men, mutant type of thing, anybody that has foresight, people, you typically are very weary of them. Either they want to control that foresight or they don't want them to to foresee their future because they don't want to know what can happen. But the Oracle is saying, no, these are the paths that you have. What path you choose, uh, the path that you're going to choose is not the path that you need to take because the path you need to take, you have to deal with the uh, pain. Uh, You have to deal with death. And Marana, everybody was running away from what the dragons and it all ties together. that's why I like season three, season two. I'm telling you, it was like, ah, Yeah. season three, put it all together and made it made sense. The dragons were slyrack was more, uh, prominent in season three, as far as conversation and actually really understanding it. Uh, cause you know, season one, we got the grandstanding where Davion went to the spirit world and saw all the dragons and they were communing. And I was like, Oh, we having some governance structure conversations out here with the dragons. Um, <laughs> But literally the Oracle really just was like, no, this is what it is. Like it's life and death. And like you can't control life and death. You can't, you can't control it. And I was just like, it's crazy. And and that's another thing I like about season three with this Oracle is that when when again, when they met again, I believe they met again. Did the Oracle meet her one more time? No. Uh, No, he didn't. Okay. But it just was, it was, it was just good. Man, Oracle's character, very short on the on the screen, but the wording was there. Just like how the the gravity dragons keep talking about sunbeam and what that even with excuse me even what the gravity dragon was saying about uh miranda and princess miranda and then it was like oh this guy so once um blinders on but then you saw the what he was attempting to say when it went to the uh, to the back i mean to the flashing of like just getting all the memories back for everybody Mm -hmm. with the uh, uh, evoker and you saw the gravity dragon saying like the earthworm I mean, the world worm. And yep. I was like, I get it now, and how it all ties into play. Because he was talking about these, he's been through multiple worlds. So I was like, oh, the gravity dragon and the I- I- evoker, they're working together because I was like, the evoker couldn't get the gravity dragon's uh, soul because the gravity dragon was the shit. Like, I yeah. know if Suz was here, she was like, no, the chaos dragon. I was like, no, Suz, nobody was on guard with the chaos dragon. Because the chaos dragon was in a governance structure, having a community meeting <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> and then he just blow up. You know what I mean? Like, come on, yeah. nobody's expecting it. But anyway, I'm going off topic. Anyway, Oracle, Oracle was fire. Yeah, Oracle was fire. And uh, I just love that it, it really made Miranda choose. And, I, and that's what I like about season three. There was no you can have it all. And that's one thing I think that we, we attempt to get away from with a lot of the anime that doesn't deal with the more adult decisions you have to make. Are these decisions mm-hmm. that not everybody can live uh, in a way that you think is going to bring kumbaya peace? There is no such thing as peace. It's only interest. And it's only being able to deal with the reality of you want to survive and you want to lead this life in a different way. You have to do a different thing. So I was a long winded talk, but my bad.
0: <laughs> no, nah, you, you said exactly what I what I needed to hear. So for me, the Oracle was Yoda ish based upon the way he spoken, like riddles, you know, he spoke a certain way. Um, number two, this man saying what he said, restoration <laughs> requires destruction, right? In order for you to get exactly what you're searching for, you're going to have to sacrifice and let something go. Now, did she expect it to be what it was? No, she didn't expect it to be that, that person or
1: that multiple, person. multiple,
0: multiple, right. But, you had to do it now. These are the things that require apply in real life as well. Now, back to the show. She was going through different realities, finding herself. She had the, I can't remember what person said to her right before they all um went into these different realities. Remember, oh, no, that was her. Was that was her it.
1: Saying it to herself. She was saying it to herself.
0: Okay, so yeah. remember. That was her grounding to keep going back and keep going back. Okay, this is how I focus and find out what I need to do to, to go forward. Remember, 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 this is my grounding. She went through all those realities. She had to focus on losing people to understand this is a natural part of life. Mm. You can't fight death. You can't fight um, fight uh, the, the birth as well. But you definitely need to focus on what it is that you have to do to make sure that you get to that final destination, which was getting back to the main reality. You are the sunbeam. You are the, uh, the the worm world, which is the the main like the center of the universe. And in order to be that, you're going to have to let something go. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the Oracle speaking this into fruition was dope as hell. And he told her, he said, hey, this is what it's going to be. She was like, no, nah, I don't want to know no more. Now, mm-hmm. if you, if you know that you know nothing pretty much. You are nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So Oracle, they, they should have put him on a little bit longer, man. Shout out to the Oracle. He was he was on point for sure. And,
1: what, and what's uh I'm trying to find in my in my notes the uh one because we're talking about Miranda. Hopefully we have a question on Miranda, uh Princess Miranda, because Princess Miranda really uh the elf, the, the woman that was with her the whole time that came back to her. Um,
0: oh, you talking about Marcy, the mute one?
1: No, not mute, no, not Marcy. Marcy's the one that got the hands. I'm talking about the other elf that could fight with the sword. Not, not the other woman. that can oh, uh, the, the, one we, the
0: one she called herself the Scourge.
1: Oh, maybe that. Yeah. She yeah, yeah. called yeah. herself
0: the Scourge. That's yeah.
1: her. her um, I'm trying to remember her name. But That's she the one says, who
0: broke out of prison.
1: Yeah, yeah. She she fired, by the way, as far as when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. I want to see yeah. her and Marcy, Marcy get down and see how yeah. that would be. But she said that to Miranda as well. It's like, in this alternate reality, is like, you have to lead. Like, she said, I did everything to make sure uh i see i see what you are capable of but you have to lead there is no this is like i mean because a lot of people are watching game of thrones again and this whole conversation of like everybody's like oh yeah i'm the king or queen like and and like i mean just real life right now everybody like hey, what up king what up queen but it's like those when you take on a leadership role you literally have to that's why i think john snow and characters like john snow are so influential to people because people want to do the right thing, but they don't want to die for it. <laughs> and like, yeah, and and yep. that and and it's just that's just what it was with Miranda's character. Like, just hands down, man, it was you gotta you gotta tighten up. Like, you it's you know you might have to you might have to you might have to slice slice your um, you might have to slit your uncle's throat and be like, get the hell out of the, the throne chair because you sending everybody to yeah. war when we don't need to just because y'all want to y'all want to. Y'all want to do something because y'all so used to just sitting in a damn throne room, drinking wine, uh, having sex and talking about political things. Just having
0: a council about nothing.
1: Exactly About nothing. <laughs>
0: mean, anyway. About nothing. So here's a, here's a better question for you. The connection between Marana and Davion is deep. How deep?
1: I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, even though they loved each other, it literally was just the ember meeting, meeting the sun. It was a piece of the it was a piece of the sun coming back to to itself like I'm just keep it a hundred like that's literally what I thought. I think that for Davion. It was two people who knew what they had to do, but they both were just letting society run what it is because they didn't want to necessarily um, fight with people because they had a love for people. They wanted their people. They wanted people to live a life of prosperity and not of just strife and, and, and struggle. Um, and it, To me, those two characters, it wasn't like a corny situation where, and when I say corny, it wasn't just this, uh, this rom-com or this type of thing. It was like, no, they really had some real conversations. Uh, they, and, and not only that, I mean, they really, even with the Davion that Miranda got to know uh, the beginning, not the one that she really traveled with um, in the first season, This Davion was like, no, I'm good. But she was like, I know you have that in you. So that relationship was just amazing. But even with Davion's character, man, like he he's that dude that was like, no, man, like I saw my my father die. I went to go fight with my father, but I couldn't because I was just a boy. And he's like, now that I had that, I'm not going to let, you know, lost my mom, whatever. Like, I'm not letting if I can help it. Nobody going to (laughs) die. Um, mm. But the reality is, is that you can't stop it right now when you're in full on war with Beast and, and everything else. So I think their relationship was great. And it just it was just something that I, it ended very well to me because it was not just this happy ending of like, oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're together and everything is kumbaya. It was yeah,
0: that that peaches and cream ending no, where everybody no. has a happy ending. Yeah. you all have your friends and love around. Exactly. Uh, it didn't work that way. But the connection between the two is, as you said, the ember, of the spark from the sun and universe. But think about this, too. With that being said, one relied upon each other. They both needed each other for their grounding. And I'm going to keep saying that because that was important for this whole season. Everybody needed to focus on one thing, their mm. grounding to each other. Their connection to each other was deep. But she had to sacrifice that. And that was one of her biggest losses that she had to give up to go back to what you know, to go back to her reality. And I thought that it was an interesting thing because I never expected for the Slyrak to tell him this when he thought thinking he's dead. Slyrak told him that, listen, man, like the usual, you you, you mice, you, you live a certain way. You want, want, want. Everything is mine. Everything is mine. Everything is mine. Everything is mine but your life is short. You're a speck of dust. But even with you being this speck of dust, we find something important about you, your spirit. We connected this thing to your spirit a long time ago. And now you and her have a connection that's always going to be there. So I thought that was, that was pretty dope right there.
1: It was good times, man. And I, and I, I, excuse me, if it seemed like I'm rambling, but it was so much in this um, series. And I just, it's good times, man. I, I ain't gonna lie. Season two, me and me and Mr. Refine and Suds was like, mm, they they yeah. they not they they fallen off. And then season three,
0: they picked it up.
1: They picked it back up, and they just made it. It was so much more, man. And like I think people love the conversation. It's the politics. Like everybody's like, oh, I'm not political. I ain't gonna do this. I ain't gonna vote ABC, bro. You are. Everything is politics. From the water you drink to the air you breathe, it's all politics.
0: Yeah, yeah, the nature, it the yeah, it ain't Mother Nature's politics.
1: Yeah, ain't Mother Nature's politics, but it's politics, and these politics was deep in season three. Okay,
0: deep. definitely. <laughs> so, did you notice the relationship between Caden and Davion at the end,
1: bro? Is you know, was we both thinking the same thing? Come yes. on, bro. Come yes. on, bro. He looks like his mother. I'm like, okay, Ooh. like what? Like you look like your. What man. is that? I'm like, wait, is that your son? And then I'm looking at him like, hold on. If you take the beard off, is that his dad that didn't die? Because I was it was crazy to me, bro. I was like, and, I, and they still didn't really. I mean, I'm thinking that now that I look at uh Caden and then look at Davion. Caden's just mm-hmm. an older version. So I was like, is that his father that? No, I was like, but if that was his dad, then he definitely would have said Caden's my my father. So I'm just like, is he? Is he? I was so confused, bro. I'm still confused. I don't know if that's his son or not. I just I don't get it because, like, I don't think that is. I think that's more of somebody that he looks up to, but I don't know that his father. But when he said he looks like his mother, I was like, okay. so and then you get the flashback. But I was like, is that young day Davion or is that somebody else? And then when I saw had to rewind it for when Davion, because I fell asleep on it, (laughs) had to rewind it when Davion was running after his, his dad. Uh And I was like, is, is that bro? I don't know. I don't know. They don't they don't specifically say that's his father. And like, I just don't get it. It looked like it to me. So I don't know. I think it is. OK,
0: I think it is. He. I don't believe he just got that scar on his face randomly. Mm. I think that's applied to the when he thought he died back in the fire years ago. I believe that's his father mm. based on what he said. Why would they introduce that in there if that's yeah, he looked
1: like his mother out of nowhere? Like, that was yeah, come on, bro.
0: Boom, right, right when he died, like, he looked like his mother. He picked and then he said, I'll carry him as if this is still my baby. Mm. That right there said it to me. I believe that's the father, man. And I thought that was a very interesting twist to find that out right at the end. And this is what made it so beautiful and all connected. Like we said, season two was eh, season three, they put them pieces together for real, man.
1: And in a, in a in right. a real in a real way though, in a meaningful way. Because season two, you was like, oh my god. Like <laughs> Davion, yeah, bro. Like just let the drag, let's take over and let's burn it all, bro. Let's go. Stop yeah. playing. <laughs> all
0: right. So here's here's another one. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be a funny one, but it's a, a good question, banana. at least in my mind. Do you think Marana has something for I uh, put that wrong for the restoration cycle? Let me let me edit this.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Take your time. Take we your time. we we talk about the end
0: now. We talk about the end.
1: We talking about the oh, we talking about the last episode. Okay, yeah. Uh
0: huh. No, I'm saying right at the end. For
1: the rest- I could have I could just drank it out the bottle, man. That's what I should have did. Shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to shout out to shout out to Kamaya Oakland. You know, Oakland legend out here. Drink All it right, out I'm the bottle. All right. Do you think
0: Marana has something for the restoration cycle?
1: I mean, she is. I mean, she's a she is the restoration cycle in the sense of um i don't know if the uh an a miranda uh person the person that embodies the power of the sun is always relevant in any time span or, or timeline in this series i don't know if it's specifically miranda because the um the advisor which is the gravity dragon who we still don't have a name for um Sunbeam. <laughs> no, no. Sunbeam is what he calls Miranda. It, her, yeah, but I'm yeah. calling him Sunbeam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he um, he said he went through so many worlds, and it, it just was like, okay, you went through so many timelines. So maybe you had nothing to do with the uh, the evoker, but mm-hmm. because you just always was chasing that sun, and you saw it so many times and so many different aspects, that it's just it's just timeless. Like she is a part of it. The sun and the moon. Uh, uh fear, fear. How do you pronounce the, uh, the elf's name? Uh, fire, fir- yeah Femarin uh, she is she's the moon
0: she's the moon child for sure
1: she's the moon child Miranda's the sun child and it's the sun and moon like it's it literally is like any any folklore or anything of that regards when it comes to the sun chasing the moon or whatever the case may be so yeah she definitely is a restoration cycle because the thing that is constant out of all the conversations with the dragons and all that and I think the gravity dragon he just he was just was focused on the sun, the world worm. Because he was isolated from the from the governance structure, you know, Mm. like so so Miranda is just to the to the dragons. It's just a part of it. Like the sun, no matter what star it is, as long as it's burning bright and providing that uh, photosynthesis for you, because it's giving you that light um, and helping you grow. Like that is a constant. But like the dragons say, like we're I mean, everything else is just turn to dust and then recreates. (laughs) All right. So with that
0: being said. What was happening when she gave that book to that um, priest or whatever the heck he was at the end? To me,
1: oh it, no, no. Oh, and no, but no, look,
0: no. look, where does she have her hand at? Uh, okay, where does she have her hand at when she, after she turned around, she had her back to him, she had her hand on her stomach.
1: The oh, last conversation I didn't have- she had
0: with Davion right before, and he was the last person that went.
1: Oh, okay. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even peek that. Look at you. See, that's why I'm glad you'd be watching it, brother. That's Tell why I'm glad you watched it at the, the 30 minutes before. But, uh, <laughs> I think she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that that definitely is like, yeah, that again, the constant, again, the transfer of the power. I think same thing with her mother. Like, yeah. I think, I think that what now that you said that it makes sense because with the gravity dragon or the the visor, he, get, he got to see he got to see generations upon generations upon generations upon generations of the sun being reincarnated, uh, being incarnated into a human being. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just that it was Miranda. It, he said it. it wasn't, he wasn't focused on her. He was focused on the sun. And, <laughs> and that's what it's a fact. Like he always wanted to be close to the sun because that was the only thing in the, and it's not even really the gravity. Drag. He's more like space and gravity, but yeah. he, um, yeah, that all makes sense, man. Now that you said that, bro, because I, I didn't pay attention because I didn't know if she was smirking or just looking at him because he, he said something about the shopkeeper said something about offering or whatever. So now now that you say that, I'm like, OK, I put two and two together. And he
0: looks like um, he looks like uh, Sunbeam. <laughs> I believe that might be him. You,
1: you think know? that's a gravity dragon? You think that's mm-hmm. the uh, space, the space and gravity dragon? Yeah, yeah I, I don't doubt it, man. Him. Hey, watch he, those
0: last like five minutes. Game, yeah, I'm going to rewatch it right in that, that book. Just check I'm, that out. Tell me what you it. think. I gotta do so, it. So, we gonna end it with this one right here. Okay. Are you wanting more?
1: Uh, the I think the story for the way it was, I'm gonna say no. Uh, the ending with bringing the, uh bringing Philomena into the play and saying, uh, "Do you love me?" and her becoming the new moon goddess at the end. I thought first and foremost, the way that they brought her back, though, that was fire. Come on, bro. Yeah. The moon flowers. Everything yeah. was like, bro. It looked like I'm gonna say that's probably one of the best. It was like a video game where like it does like a cutscene and then just ends the, the video game like for it to continue. Yeah, ah, oh, bro, that that enter that that was fire, bro. That was fire. And yeah, I, you know, I
0: agree. I think it's put together very perfectly. Yeah, there's nothing else that I'm looking for. No, nah, not at all. And I honestly believe again. I think she's pregnant. And that answers questions to what the what's gonna happen? I lost you but I still have a part of you.
1: We're always mm. connected
0: so I think that's it so I don't I don't say I want more we'll I think you, that they ended this series perfectly. Netflix stepped it up on this season and yeah. put it together they did a little bit better than Castlevania because Castlevania ended good, but it was like a little... Eh.
1: Yeah, you know you know how I feel about that last ending with the final yeah. fight. I was like, man, this is like that video game fight that went way too It was too a little long. cheesy and corny. It was though. way too cheesy. I was like, bro, yeah. hell no, you're not fighting death like that on that level. Nope. Definitely <laughs> not,
0: but no, I thought it was dope, man. So now this is the perfect time to talk about what I wanted to say, and I'm going to be brief. You mentioned politics, and you mentioned uh, water, and you mentioned something else. can't mm. remember what the other thing was. Air. Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. They are going through it right now. This is not the first, it's not the last time, but if you notice, it's always us involved when these sort of things happen.
1: Oh, yeah. It's Flint, always Michigan. Always somebody Flint behind Michigan the scenes well
0: manipulating and controlling the situation and the storyline because we know Flint, Michigan, the same way, predominantly black population, mm-hmm. predominantly, and probably 85%. Jackson, Mississippi easy black black city black town you know what i'm saying why is it that this keeps happening with us and the government is very reluctant on doing something about it oh we we help and we doing this we doing that but they're sending money over to ukraine they send money to help this country and do that they send money for anything dealing with war but when it deals with us mm-hmm. anybody in the government is anybody in the diaspora it's last minute don't want to deal with it at all and not have not having a fast reaction just you know, secondary. You know what I'm saying? Reactive, not proactive. And mm-hmm. personally, I believe that there's a bigger play on it. Maybe they want the land.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: maybe okay. there's something there that they want on the land, and they can't get you out. Besides causing the flood, all right now you have no running water. You have no nowhere to shower. You have nothing. You have no water to drink. Yeah, so I, what you going to do next?
1: I make I make it easier. Uh, I mean, at least from my perspective, easier than that. Um, and this is why. Every time we talk on this show, you should be watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. You should be donating to Roland Martin Unfiltered through the Cash App, Venmo, Zale, all of that, because Roland Martin Unfiltered has been showing uh, what was what's been going on and, and going on for multiple days. Just talked to the mayor yesterday, um, so we we just we just got to understand that our vote, and that's something that I myself too. So this is, this is nobody sitting on a soapbox saying what you should do. Like no, I yeah. I. I have you know me needing to go to more city council meetings and your in your in your city council your school board all that this all ties in together but for this in particular case with um is it in Mississippi or Mississippi right yeah with yeah. Mississippi this is a predominantly black neighborhood with a uh, a predominantly white um govern, go- governor, govern, government governor government government entities because majority of them again the the not necessarily redlining but where Black people live on this side, white people live on that side, and again, the people that vote. When you're in, when you're in a state of, sur- of survival versus thriving, then you're not looking at why am I going to go sacrifice myself to get pulled over by the cop, beaten or killed to go vote or go stand in line for six to eight to ten hours, and this job is not giving me, uh, not allowing me to go vote on the day that I need to, or giving me mm-hmm. the time to do that. So, I I just I ended with this is that. Uh Roland Martin says this all the time. Uh d- uh Dr. Greg Carr too, as far as just fighting. And I know everybody's tired. Don't I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I'm not even gonna act like uh fighting is something which you just do forever and be like, yeah, we do it. But the ancestors that allowed us to even be here and have a conversation like this without being hung, <laughs> without yeah. being, you know, without being raped or killed, like they they did it in way more way way more overt odds. Uh, And this one is more systematic because now the thing, what is, is you got this technology, this technology, if this technology was around at that time, the systematic way they would have broke that down would have been bar. It would have been barred none. It would have been barred none. So all all I'm going to say to that is that it's easy to tell people to go out and vote. It's easy to tell people to do uh, to vote down ballot and go to all these meetings and everything. But at the end of the day, they are not coming to save us. And that is what the mayor was was saying is like, no, I've been blown. I've been. Blowing the whistle, got the I got the flags waving. I put all the spotlight on this multiple years, multiple times, and nothing happened. So this is something that he's been living with since he moved to Mississippi in nineteen eighty nine. So mm, and so is. at the end of the day, we're gonna always um say that us as, as black folks and people who really want to see the United States be quote unquote what it says that it could be in writing, uh, that we gotta do we gotta do something that's, that's different. It's gonna crumble. From- we got to sacrifice.
0: <laughs> it's going to crumble. Dr. Cross says all the time. Oh yeah,
1: man. He waiting for it. But, but,
0: but, but <laughs> anyways, yeah, um, anyway. Yeah. you know, you know how it is when we, yeah, we you get
1: know, governors talk, talk, Governors, governors talk late governance talk later off on, the camera, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But, uh, with Hey, we, again, as always, we, we love rocking with y'all. Yeah. Again, we, I know there's plenty of uh, shows Cheers, Cheers, brother. There's plenty of shows and, uh, there's plenty of shows on Crunchyroll funimation, Uh, you got the vpn where you can go look at at all the other things but we're gonna dive into things and i I think that dada uh dragon's blood is definitely one of those that season one and three you're gonna like season two you're gonna be like hey i don't really know but it's something that you should give it a shot and and i don't know how long netflix is gonna uh go but there's a lot of shows on netflix right now because they understand that anime is is a thing so if you haven't been to a uh, DreamCon, which we haven't been to yet, or BlurCon, or anything like that, to support the Black Nerds, you need to go. You know, shout out to Fantastic Frankie, shout out to uh, Favorite Senpai, shout out to um, Jason from Lost Childrens of Andromeda, shout out to uh, Nerd Soul, shout out to um, uh, Head Blurred in Charge. I believe that was the <laughs> that was the acronym that they used. Nah, no, we it got H Yeah, HNIC. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so H and I C. Um, it's so many podcasts that we, we want to work with. We're going to reach out starting um, for the next time on my next go around to do that. But I definitely right now, black people, it's not that black people are in a good space. Black people are just being more and more saying this is who we are because our the people before us in the 60s and before that already were doing it. They laid that foundation. But I think right. because, because of the our parents and their parents before them, they were a lot of them were not necessarily building that foundation because a lot of them were separated from the schools from the South that really was putting in that work. So you move closer to the North and you think everything good, but no, it's just like, no, nah, we, we cool, with, we cool with y'all being in the South free, but we ain't cool with y'all being up here free. Um, and that's something that I think we're learning, especially with anime is that we're all just like, you know, what we just ourselves, whether you like it or not. And the crazy thing about it is Japanese culture. I think a reason why black people, um, and 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 people of, of Latin descent, uh, so especially in Mexico, because Dragon Ball Z is fire in Mexico, so is Sailor Moon, and all that is because these are all groups of people that have been oppressed in some shape, or way, or form. And Japan was not oppressed in anybody, the beginning, anybody that's non white, no. that oh, category, definitely,
0: non white,
1: definitely. Uh, and, and and I won't even say non-white because the Irish and the Scottish definitely got to deal with the same type of Anglo-Saxon white folks. I'm not saying that. Nah. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying they, as they, far as they the,
0: fit into that category. You know that they came no. over here to America and assimilated. Oh yeah, Europe oh and yeah. They, they fit part of that. that, that nah, bro.
1: I know you that. Oh yeah. That. I'm definitely agreeing with you on the, on the whiteness category. But as far as understanding somebody take taking your uh taking your the your humanity your humanity rights away, yes, but. Overall, the main thing is, man, with with anime, I think you get if you really dive down deep into anime, and I'm not saying you got to be like, oh, I'm so deep, I got to watch this and really pick out all the the social cues and all that. No, I'm just saying, just sit there and listen to it, and you'd be like, damn, that kind of are watching and listening, it'd be like, damn, that kind of match what the hell I was, I was, I'm going through. That kind of, you know, that match. That, well, how, how does how does how does Japanese person writing about something that that's dealing affecting with women right now with Roe v Wade and uh, being turned over and all that? How's that? How they doing all that? Uh, in this anime that was that was uh 60 years old or 30 years old is because again, the struggle, you know, it's beauty and the struggle, but I don't want it. (laughs) Oppression
0: transcends all colors, all barriers, all languages. Period. And if you understand, you understand. With that, thanks y'all for stopping by for another episode of Black Mirror Fridays. We'll see y'all again next time. Peace, y'all.